For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Elise Dharma, and we're going to talk about how to effectively batch Instagram Reels content. If you are creating Instagram Reels one at a time, or any kind of video content one at a time and you dread it and you really need a better system, today is going to be an incredible episode for you. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. If you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Elise Dharma. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Elise Dharma. If you don't know who Elise is, you got to know Elise. She's an Instagram strategist and the creator of On Video, a service that provides short form video inspiration for coaches, service providers, and product brands. Her YouTube channel is at Elise Dharma and is focused on social media marketing. Elise, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you, Mike. I'm super excited to be here. I always love chatting with you. And I know you're mostly in the host seat, but I love when I get to be coached by you a little bit. So let's see where today's conversation goes. Well, I can assure you today you're going to be the one doing the coaching. I'm super excited. Today, Elise and I are going to explore how to batch your Instagram reels. Now, Elise, before we get started, we should probably talk a little bit about like why you're starting to batch this stuff. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what's happening in your life? And then we'll get into a little bit more of where we're going with all this. Of course. Yeah. Batching isn't a new concept, but for me, it is my reality because I am eight, almost nine months pregnant, preparing for a three month maternity leave. So batching is my solution to taking time off for three months, but still having my social media channels run without me. So what I'm going to share today is literally what my team and I have prepared so that I can take three months off. That is so cool. And anybody who's listening that might want to take a month off or a few weeks off because of vacation or whatever, you know, this is applicable to anyone, not necessarily just those that are going out on a maternity leave. So let's first talk about Instagram Reels and why they're so important because I know some of my audience is not using Reels. Maybe they're all in on stories and feed posts, but they haven't really embraced Reels. Why don't you just explain to them just for a few minutes about why Reels are so critical? 
for Instagram. Yeah, for sure. Well, if you follow Adam Masseri, the head of Instagram, you know that he won't stop talking about them. And he likes to give product updates as to where Instagram is going. So it's pretty clear that they are the future and they are a big part of the Instagram platform. And I know you can, you know, make short form videos on TikTok and there's YouTube shorts. Like there's so many options, but reels for marketing or reels for business is in my opinion, still the best place to invest your time because Instagram is the best sales tool for business owners. And we can dive more into that if you'd like, but you know, most businesses need an audience, they need visibility, then they need leads, then they need sales. So Instagram has tools for all those aspects and reels are amazing for visibility. Like so many businesses invest in paid ads, right? But, but you could just post for free or post to a free app like Instagram and get your reels in front of a targeted audience and build your audience and build your visibility in that way, that organic way. So reels are amazing for visibility. I was reading a stat about TikTok versus reels because people are always wondering, where do I invest my time? And, you know, TikTok has a higher engagement rate. TikTok's also known as the place for virality and where trends start. But reels have the highest watch rate. And I think that watch rate is what makes them a more effective tool for content marketers and for businesses. So all in all, they're amazing for free visibility, audience building. And then when you've got your audience on Instagram, Instagram is the perfect tool to lead them to your offer or lead them to becoming a sale. You said watch rate. Do you want to just kind of explain what you mean by watch rate? And also a second question, what percentage of reels I don't know if you have the answer to this. Do you feel like it's seen by new audiences, not necessarily your followers? Mm, that's a good question. So watch rate is referring to the length of time that someone is spending watching a reel, maybe watching it again. And that's kind of the whole game with video platforms. Just like YouTube has a big focus on retention rate. How much can you keep someone watching a video? So Instagram's got the audience hooked. And then in terms of your second question, I think it depends on the type of reel. So when I make a reel that is, you know, a bit deeper on a story related to my experience, my life, or it's maybe a longer form type of explanation, I find that those type of reels, they really resonate with my followers who already know me. I find that shorter reels or maybe a reel based off of a trend or maybe a reel that's just video footage with text on top that's really easy for someone to take in within five to seven seconds, those reels are more likely to be put on the explore page or the reels feed in front of a new audience. So depends on the type of reel you make. This is interesting because I was interviewing another guest on the show recently who said that Adam Masseri recently revealed that there's an algorithm for each of these features, right? So there's an algorithm supposedly for reels. And I would imagine that that algorithm is deciding whether or not that reel is going to be shown to your fans and followers or whether it's going to be shown to new people. Have you heard anything about this algorithm at all? I'm just curious. Yes, I did look into Adam's update. And if I recall correctly, it's like most algorithms, they'll test your new content in front of your current audience. And then depending on how they react. So if they're rewatching it, if they're saving it, if they're sharing it, then those are all triggers to the algorithm that, oh, this is a good piece of content. We're going to share it beyond these followers. We're going to share it with other people who we know who are similar to these followers. They don't know this person yet. They don't know this account 
but we're going to get it in front of people who we have the data on that we already know they like this content and we're going to put it in front of them and see how they react. And then when that colder audience reacts well, that's when you have the real potential to go on the reels feed and, and go viral. Very cool. All right. Let's talk about batching a little bit. I don't know if you were a big batch person prior to knowing that your baby was coming and maybe you've learned along the way some advantages or benefits of batching. So tell us a little bit about like how your life was before you started thinking about batching and like what you've discovered about the advantages of batching. Well, I'll tell you a little secret. I have been a batcher when it comes to YouTube content. So for the last couple of years, I've been able to batch film six to eight YouTube videos in one day. And we can get into what batching actually is. With my Instagram, I struggled with really getting ahead of my content with my Instagram. And so it this maternity leave is a, is a good real life push to actually put my process into practice and put it to the test. I've never batched three months worth of content in advance before. So this one's definitely the strongest motivation I've ever had. And I'm curious to see like how my Instagram goes while I'm off in August, September, even October. So keep your eye on my account if you want to see how we're doing. But yeah, now I'm all in on batching. I have no, no choice in the matter. Tell us a little bit about the advantages to batching. You know, you're doing it on YouTube and you're also doing it now on Instagram with Reels. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's obvious. It's a huge time saver. I like to talk about making a batch of cookies, right? Let's say I'm eight months pregnant. I'm craving a chocolate chip cookie. I'm going to go in the fridge. I'm going to get the flour, the butter, the chocolate chips, the sugar, and I'm not going to just take enough ingredients and mix them in my little bowl to make one cookie, right? I'm going to do the exact same process, like collect all the ingredients, mix them in the right way, and I'm going to do a few, a big batch at one time. I'm going to make 12 cookies at one time. So it's the same concept when it comes to batching your content. Instead of making one reel at a time or one YouTube video at a time, you look at the whole big picture process and for every stage of the process, you fit in five videos, 10 videos, whatever your capacity is. And so that's in essence what batching is. And it's a perfect analogy because we talk about a batch of cookies. And so all in all, huge time saver. It's, in my opinion, way more efficient to make eight videos at a time than one at a time every single day. And with that, you also get mental clarity, right? Like when you know that you have two weeks of content, three weeks of content ready to go versus waking up every day and be like, oh yeah, I was, I was committed to posting Instagram. What am I going to post today? When you batch and you do those same steps in different phases, and I'll explain how that works in, in the real world of your week, you have a real mental clarity and you know that you're set up. Yeah. Like I said, it's going to give me mental clarity to take three months off. So I'm excited to, to see how this all plays out. Do you find that it does anything for your creativity because you're actually thinking about a whole bunch of things at once? Yeah. So when we get into the batching process, you'll see that in different phases of creating a video, they call for different skills. And some phases call for ideating, brainstorming, and that does create momentum, right? Instead of just brainstorming one idea, once you get into that zone, that zone of genius, if you're a real creative thinker, but once you get into that zone of thinking and ideating, it's a lot easier to stay in that zone and come up with five or 10 video ideas 
then to switch out of that zone and then go into like a production mode type of zone. So I think that it that's why it's more efficient because it's sort of like having a million tabs open on your computer. Are you going to switch between all those tabs in a 10 minute period or are you going to stay on one and get a bunch done on one tab in 10 minutes? You're, you're going to get more done that way. Awesome. Well, let's dig into your batching process. What's the very first thing that we need to be thinking about if we're going to be batching our reels? So the very first part is to set up the foundation of your batching process, sort of like the recipe. But the very first step is to choose a project management tool. Even if you're a one-person team, choose a project management tool. I'm talking things like there's Asana, there's Trello, there's Google Docs, and I use Asana. Just putting that out there. It's an amazing, currently free tool. So check it out if you haven't. But really start with a project management tool because it'll keep you organized, especially when you have like 8, 10, 20 video ideas all on the go at the same time. And for me, I have a team who's going to be running and producing and publishing a lot of the content while I'm off. So they'll be able to look back and see exactly what the plan was for every single video. So sign up for a project management tool if you haven't yet. And then within your tool, you need to create a board just for your Instagram production or your Reels production. So in this case, I'll use Asana. You will create a project board and then you're going to create multiple columns within that board. So think of a Kanban board if you're familiar with that or a Trello board. You have these vertical columns and these columns indicate the key phases, the key steps of your batching process. So you're going to want to set these up. So the first one I usually call ideas or ideas for review. Ideas for review is because I have a team who will collect ideas and put them in that column for me to review. So call it what makes sense for you and your business. The second column to the right of that one is going to be called to create. So this is effectively going to be my production line. When I go to film, I'm just going to look at everything under that to create column because it means they've been approved and they're ready to be created. And then the next column is going to be recorded. And this is especially important if you're batching in advance and you're someone like me, you're going to pass it off to a team. You, they need to know what's recorded and ready for the next phase or the next column, which is to edit. So these are all separate phases. And then to, after the column to edit, the next one's going to be to schedule or post. And then the last column is going to be posted. So there were six columns I went through right there. Those are the major key phases of batching. Got it. So what I heard you say is you've got ideas and ideas to review kind of as one, then to create, meaning, you know, you're going to pick out of those ideas to create something and then recorded and then edit and then to schedule slash post and then finally posted. So why do you find that using a project management tool is better than just using sticky notes or using Word document or using a Google sheet or something like that? What's your what's your thoughts on that? Because I'm 36 and I can't remember much these days if it's not written down. So <laughs> especially with pregnancy brain, it's just the best way to stay organized. You know how it is when you're in the shower, you're out for a walk, you get an idea. If I don't record it somewhere, even if it's a voice note or, or like writing it down in my Asana tool, it's probably going to be lost or I'm going to 
kill myself <laughs> thinking about it. What was that idea? It was so good. I lost, you know, it drives you crazy. And that again is an energy and a time waster. Yeah, it's just the best way to stay organized and not lose those ideas. And then it's a great place for your whole history of your ideas to be archived so that your team can always go back and reference. What was Elise talking about that time? She had that idea for that reel. It's in that project management tool. So they don't have to ping me while I'm on maternity leave. Well, I would imagine you could add another column called analysis if you really wanted to, right? Couldn't you like where you could analyze to see how well it performed if you had certain objectives or metrics, right? I like that. Yeah, you could even... So in Asana, you have your columns and then every reel is a card that moves along from column to column. So if you had your column at the end called analysis or let's say winning reels, you can move the card of the reel that performed well or hit your key metrics to that analysis or winning column. And that way your team always has reference of like, hmm, should we try something new? Or, oh, wait, that type of reel did well last time. Maybe we can do another version of that for this reel that we're creating. So I like that idea. You know, it's funny because I've used Trello a lot and it sounds like, and we we do use Asana, but I have people on the team that do that. It sounds like Asana has become more like Trello with these columns because Trello was all about the columns and the cards and stuff. So you're saying that there's a view inside of Asana that looks a lot like Trello, huh? Exactly. Very fascinating. Once Asana brought that that feature in, it was sort of like, oh, it's a more robust tool than Trello. So it became my go-to. Very cool. The first step, obviously, is to create some sort of project management system that we talked about here. And once you've got that framework in place, what's next? Obviously, I think I know where we're going to go with this based on what you just talked about. But why don't you tell me what ne- what's next? Yeah. Because now we have an empty project management tool. We need to fill it with our Reels ideas. So the very first step after you've created your project management tool is to ideate and brainstorm. So like you said, get into that flow, get into that zone of genius. If you're a creative, you know, this is the time where you're going to scroll TikTok. You're going to scroll Reels. You're going to look for ideas of things that you can create for your business. So I want you to think of like, you know, you might see a type of trend on TikTok over and over again. It might not be relevant to your exact industry, but the question you want to ask yourself is how can I adapt this to my industry? How can I adapt this in a way that I can put my own spin on it and my audience will care about it? So I scroll TikTok first because trending ideas tend to start there first, even if I'm making reels. And then I'll also scroll the reels feed just to see what reels is currently pushing as a trend um, in its feed. And so you'll you'll get a sense too, especially because you're you're making reels. If you see a lot of let's say talking head videos. So those are videos where someone's talking to camera. They're saying three tips to writing a better email subject line. You know, they're, they're sharing a tip. I call those talking head tips. If you see a lot of those in your Reels feed, that's your sign. Oh, Reels is pushing talking based videos. Or if you see a lot of Reels with the same audio trending and there's, you know, you know video footage with text on top, that's your cue. Let's try a, a Reel similar to that one. So You're going to scroll TikTok and Reels for ideas. Every single video idea you come across that you think you can use for your business or adapt to your niche, you are going to create a card in Asana and give it a name. Like you can give a quick summary of what that, what that Reel or TikTok is, and then link to that inspiration Reel that you found. Okay. So you don't want to lose like where the idea came from. So you want to scroll and you want to put all your ideas in separate cards 
under the, what did we call it? The ideas column, the ideas column. After you've scrolled, you can also use tools like ChatGPT, our AI friend, and especially to get ideas for those talking head tip videos. So you could try a prompt into ChatGPT like, I'm a blank, insert what you do, who helps blank, insert your target market, right? So give ChatGPT the information, who you are and who you target or who you help. Then go on to write, what are some small tips my audience would find helpful who are looking for, and then list a benefit that your offer has, right? So just give ChatGPT context as to who you are, who you help, and then ask it, like, what are some tips that my audience would be looking for when they're looking for a better night's sleep as a first-time mom? <laughs> Random example that just popped into my head. So give it some prompts. Another one you could do, and I like doing this one too, especially for talking head videos, is same idea, I'm a what you do, who helps, insert your target audience, and then say, what are some questions my audience may have before buying my offer that does, and then tell ChatGPT what it does. What are some objections they might have to buying? Yeah, just to clarify, what are some questions my, I'm a marketer who helps other marketers. What are some questions my audience may have before purchasing tickets to social media marketing world? Is that what you're saying? Something along those lines? Exactly. And I would talk about what social media marketing world is. It knows it, believe it or not. In this case, it knows what it is because it's been around for a decade. You know what I mean? So it's true. Yep. One fun thing I like to do with ChatGPT is just type in who is Elise Dharma? Who is Michael Stelzner? <laughs> does it know who you are? It does. I mean, it can source information from the internet and pulls my bio from somewhere. But yeah, you would say, what are some objections that people might have to attending social media marketing world in San Diego in 2024 there you go. and ask the tool and it's going to come up with ideas. And so when it tells you the reasons why people might not go, you can then prompt it even further be like, okay, so if people are worried about cost, what's something I can share to them so they understand the value of why this is worth their investment, right? You can keep going back and forth with ChatGPT. Yeah. So I'm not going to go too deep into ChatGPT because there's an even better tool. Real quick though, before you go there, the objection handling thing is really powerful in ChatGPT. So you can say, help me overcome this objection and it will actually help you. Like give me five ways to overcome the objection of travel costs. You know what I mean? To, a, to a conference or whatever. So FYI, just go, go on with the, Go on with the next thing. I, I want to throw that so in. That there. closes the loop too. In, instead of just getting a list of objection, objections, ask ChatGPT, well, what are the answers to those objections? There you go. Exactly. Yeah. So I like ChatGPT. It's amazing for brainstorming. But one tool that people may not realize is out there is a Google tool called the People Also Ask. And so this one is almost simpler than ChatGPT because you can go to Google, type in a simple question related to your industry. Like, let's say you're a beauty salon in San Diego and you type in, how do I choose a beauty salon in San Diego? Scroll down the first few results and you're gonna see a section that says people also ask and Google will give you actual search terms that people are asking related to the, those keywords that you just gave it, right? Like how do I choose a beauty parlor? What factors should I consider? What's the difference between a parlor and a salon? Who is the target market for a beauty salon? I actually inputted this example and this is what Google gave back to me. But this is the beauty of this tool. When you click on any one of these suggestions, Google then automatically populates even more 
suggestions. So all you have to do is like click through a couple of these suggestions. That's really cool. Yeah. Soon enough, you're going to have a list of like 10 questions, 20 questions that Google is literally telling you, like, this is what people are searching for when it comes to your beauty parlor in San Diego. So every single one of those questions could be a topic for a talking head video that you could film. Okay. So scroll TikTok and reels use chat GPT and consider using Google search and look for that. People also ask section. My guess is you're going to get a bazillion ideas doing this, right? How do you even decide which ones to use? I mean, like, I don't even know if that's going too too far off path, but you know, I would imagine that could overwhelm someone, you know, like this, having too many options can lead to paralysis sometimes when people are trying to make a decision. Like my wife and I will go into a, a store looking for birthday cards and there's like 10,000 of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's your thoughts about like, how do you decide once you got all those ideas? Well, I think it's a good problem to have. Better to have too many ideas than not enough. And you're just going to drop them all under that ideas column so that you don't lose them because you might not film all of these ideas that you just curated today. But for your next batch filming session, you might not have to do the ideation step again because you have all those ideas you can go through. So if I were to look at them, I would look at the ideas that A, excite me, like I'm going to feel excited making a video on this topic. B, I know it's something my audience is talking about, they're asking about. C, I have a good idea for a hook. Like whatever gets me motivated, especially as the on-camera person, I really believe that if I'm excited about the idea, my energy when I record is going to be that much more felt by the viewers. And I actually think the video is going to do better than one where I'm just like, okay, I have to read this script out loud now. You know, people feel that. So that's how I would choose. And, and I would just think, okay, well, how many can I reasonably film at one time? I'd probably choose like my top eight to 10 and I'd leave the rest. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Okay, so we've got a system structure that we've created inside of a project management tool. We've found a whole bunch of ideas. What's the next part of the process here? Well, before those ideas can move into the creation process, I think they should be fleshed out a little bit. Now, some marketers are good with, here's the main concept, here's the inspiration link, so-and-so is about ready to record. I like to be a little bit more thorough. So all those ideas, my, maybe my top ideas under the ideas column, I'm going to go into the ones that I want to film and I'm going to write, write them out. I might even write a word for word script, but more importantly, I'm going to make sure they're adapted to my niche. So I'm going to go into my Asana tool. I'm going to go through my favorite ideas that I want to create. And like I said, for a talking head video, I might jot down the main talking points I want to hit. So definitely always open with a hook. So that first sentence cannot be umming and awing and it can't be I went to coffee the other day and I had this thought, actually, that's kind of a hook, but you know what I mean? You don't want to, you want to start where the story starts. You know, you want to cut to the action as they say in screen. Okay. Well, yeah. Give us an example. Make one up on the fly. I mean, you were about to say, you know, just make one up so people understand what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. If you want to start with a storytelling, like uh, what did I say? I went to the coffee shop the other day and I heard a woman ask a question that changed the trajectory of my life. Okay. That could be how you ah, Okay. That and the reason that's a hook is because people want to stick around to hear the payoff. Is that what I'm hearing you say? 
Exactly. It's like, what? Her life changed because of one question. What could it be? Yeah. Or it could be, this is the one question that most businesses forget to include on their hiring form, but it's the key to hiring qualified candidates. That's a bit wordy, but something like that. So it's it's a BuzzFeed headline, right? Your three reasons why your newborn baby is not sleeping at night. That would get my attention pretty soon. <laughs> so you want to, at the very least, script that first sentence for a talking head video, the first sentence out of your mouth, it's got to hook someone because people's attention. Have you ever watched someone scrolling Instagram? Like you're sitting on the bus, you're sitting on the plane. You're, it's so fast. It's just like zoop, 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 zoop. Like, I find it fascinating because it just goes to show how quickly your video has to hook someone. It's literally the first second. It's not even, not even exaggeration. So you got to script the first line of your talking head video. If you're comfortable speaking on camera, you might just bullet point the rest and then script what your call to action is going to be at the end. Okay. So you're going to do this for all your videos that require you talking on camera. Now you could also script word for word and I'll share a little tip on how you can film a scripted video without it looking like it's scripted, but I'm, I'm a fan of talking points. And then for videos that are trends-based or audio-based, you might not be talking to camera, right? You might be acting something out or whatever the case may be. You just want to make sure in this planning phase and scripting phase that you're adapting that trend to your niche so that when you film, it's it's clear what, what you need to do. So this is all the third part, scripting, writing, and adapting to your niche. Perfect. What comes next? Once those ideas are effectively ready to be created, they move to the to create column, right? So when I have a film day scheduled in my calendar, and this is what I do every Thursday, I block one to two hours in my calendar. And that is just for filming because all the stages that I'm talking about here, they don't have to be done at once, right? You can ideate on a Monday, Tuesday, you can script, Wednesday, you can film we got to the other phases. Thursday, you can edit. Friday, you have 10 videos ready to be posted. So you can break up this process throughout your week. And I just make sure that every Thursday, when I'm on top of it, every Thursday, I have eight to 10 videos ready under that to create column. And then the time's already carved out in my calendar. So that's what's going to happen in your next step is you are going to look at everything under the to create column and film those videos in one go. You're going to film them, save them as drafts, and then move on to the next video. So you're not stopping to edit. That's the key. So before you get into filming, there's a couple settings for your camera that I want you to look at. First of all, I film on my smartphone. You don't need to film on a DSLR. Keep it simple. Smartphones have a very high resolution camera. Just go to your camera's settings. So I have an iPhone. You can go into the settings of your actual camera app and make sure that you're filming at a high resolution. I like to film at 1080p and 60 frames per second. So it kind of gives that like almost cinematic look to your videos. I turn HDR off because most apps will compress the video once you do publish it, but I make sure to film in at least 60 frames per second. Okay, real quick. HDR, I thought that resulted in a better quality video or is that a compression algorithm? I don't know what HDR is, do you know? HDR, I believe, is equivalent or even higher resolution than 60 frames per second. I just find that it takes up so much space, so much footage space uh, uh, when you're filming. 
And then the video does get compressed when you upload it to TikTok and Instagram. I just think it's it's like not really worth it, basically. But 60 frames per second is worth it. Now, 60 frames per second has got a different look, obviously, than the 24 frames or whatever, right? So do you find that a lot of people are doing? Can you tell when you look at a video if it was filmed in 60 frames per second? It does. It, it looks a little bit more like when you watch television, it's like a movie versus like a sporting event almost, right? Exactly. It like removes the pixelation that social media images and, and videos often have. It looks more like a cinematic video. And I can tell, like I can tell when I'm scrolling, when it was filmed high res, even if the app compresses it a little bit, it just looks so much more visually pleasing to, to look at. So the 60 frames does is what you're saying, right? Exactly. You just yeah. have to make sure you have plenty of storage, obviously on your phone, right? You do. Whenever you buy a phone, get as much storage as your boss will allow you to because you're going to need it. Yeah. So that's your camera setting. This is before you've actually started filming, right? The other thing I want you to set up is a lav mic tool. Uh, lav mic stands for lav lavalier. Lav, it's a French word. Yeah, I think you got it right. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. I call it lav. It's easier to say. So you'll see people wearing like a little mic on their shirt, or I like to actually buy this little mini microphone. It's about two inches tall. It's a silver mini microphone. It plugs into my smartphone and it actually has decent audio. So I, I will hold this little mini microphone for better audio. And it's actually fun for your audience to see because it's a cute little mini mic and I still, I've used this mic for a year and I still get comments and questions like, OMG, where is that from? So it's enjoyable for your audience when you use like. And for those that are curious, we have the link to where you can get it on Amazon. So be sure to look at our show notes if you want to get that cool little mini microphone because it is totally unusual. I mean, it looks like a tiny little version of the kind of microphone somebody would hold if they were interviewing someone, right? But it's got a cord on it, right? Or is it wireless? I don't remember. It's got a cord because it connects to your smartphone and it's just one more reason for your video to stand out, to be honest, because people are scrolling so fast and when they see something fun and cute, they're more likely to stop. And here's a little tip that I've done before in my videos. Because the mini mic has a cord, sometimes I will wrap items around the cord or with the cord. So like I'll stick a flosser in there or a tampon or glasses or like random stuff, you know, you know, the bottom, I don't know if you know the bottom of a purse, but the bottom of a purse collects a lot of things. Oh, trust and me. Then pull- I've carried my wife's purse. It's very heavy. I have no idea what she's got in the bottom of that thing. <laughs> Most men don't look, I would say, but like, it's like when you grab your headphones, your old school headphones from your purse and they're tangled up and they pull up all this junk. Yeah. I purposely tangle things into my cord and I'll still hold my mini mic and the things will be like dangling off the cord. Oh, because it's one of those curly kind of cords is what you're talking about, right? It can be, or you just like get creative of how you loop things through it. Okay, got it. It's a bit of an Easter egg trick that I like to use because I don't acknowledge all these things dangling off my cord, but people in the comments are like, what is going on? Elise, (laughs) it's fun. That's cool. So on the audio stuff, a lot of people don't use anything. They just talk to their phone. I mean, like, does the audio really make a big difference? You're an audio guy. So I think you know the answer to that. I mean, I know it does when it comes to podcasts. I don't know about short form video and whether that makes a big difference. I mean, what's your thoughts? I don't know. I would say your smartphone audio is good enough. It is great quality. Sometimes when you're filming in a bigger room or a room with an echo or an office that's echoey, that's when I'd like to use a microphone because it really directs my voice and 
projects out when someone's watching that video. So in my case, I'm in a bit of an echoey room. So I prefer to use an audio to make it clearer and stronger and just one more way to grab someone's attention. And I would imagine when you're outside, it could be important too, if there's a lot of noise going on outside. Absolutely. You're right. I like that. Filming out in the real world. That's fun. You could do that too. Do you generally film? Let's talk about setting for a little bit. Do you generally film inside your office or any thoughts on where you are when you film? I would say 90% of the time I'm in my office or in my home because that's where I'm in my like, okay, I've got my desk. I've got my sauna. You know, I'm prepped and I like to switch it up. So, you know, I don't necessarily want to film with the same background. I like to switch it up. Sometimes I'm sitting and just holding my mic. Sometimes I'm walking around my apartments and saying my my script like one line at a time and then stitching it all together. So sometimes there's movement involved. Sometimes I'll open up with like a hand gesture to capture again, ha- capture that one second attention. And yeah, no, I like the idea of filming outside more often. So yeah, I mean, like back in the day when we were doing a lot more stuff on our YouTube channel, we definitely found that walking and talking videos were more attractive for people to watch because there's something going on in the background while they're listening to you. They're harder to film, obviously, because somebody typically is holding a camera and I'm wa- and they're walking backwards, you know, but that was always something fun. And I also know that sometimes nature is the lighting can be way better sometimes when you're outside because that natural lighting, but sometimes it can be a real pain in the butt. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like a good lighting is also pretty important, right? Yeah. I like to face the window or in my case, it's evening time in Barcelona right now. So I have a ring light on me as you can see the sunset going on behind me as well. So I think lighting and audio add so much to your video on top of your content. At the end of the day, if your content is good, that's what's going to get the reaction. But when you can have a crisp audio and you're well lit, you're not blurry, pixelated or shadowed, people are going to be more interested in watching you. So that also brings me to another another prep tip you can do for when you're filming is to have props handy. So that mini microphone is kind of a prop, but it's really for good audio. By props, I mean you're gonna be filming eight, maybe 10 videos in one go. You might not necessarily wanna wear the same outfit or maybe some videos you're pretending to be your client or you're pretending to be a potential customer. So have glasses handy. I have these blue light glasses that I don't even use them for work, but they're they're a prop, right? So if I wanna change character, but not change my outfit, I'll put these glasses on or I'll use them to swipe up when I start the video. Cause again, I want some sort of action or I'll be like, whoa, you know, I'll like swipe it near my screen. So it just gives you something else to do, right? To not be a static talking head, a blazer, a baseball cap, a sweater, a new shirt. Like it doesn't matter. I I also have what I call a, like a extra burner phone. So this is a a prop phone. It's not, it doesn't work, but if I'm filming a video where I'm holding a phone or a phone could be a prop, I'll use my real camera to film. And this is just something I'm holding. So have props available. Let's talk about teleprompters too, because you kind of teased that a little bit earlier. This is the big stage, right? Filming is a big stage. So I know I'm going through a lot, but you're kind of set up. You're ready to go. You're ready to film in my favorite current app right now. It's not Instagram. It's not TikTok. It's called CapCut which is owned by the same company that owns TikTok. Inside of CapCut, CapCut is, first of all, the best video creation app that I've come across in a long time. And one of the best features and tools within CapCut is something called Prompter. So you open up the CapCut app 
and you can go look at your buttons and options there. There's something called prompter, tap that, and you can actually copy your script from Asana, paste it into this prompter tool. You can choose how large your font is. You can choose the speed of your text. And then the text is gonna be positioned right at the top of your phone. So when you do hit the record button, you're actually reading your script word for word, right? As a newscaster would. But the script is so close to your phone's camera that in my testing, it does not look like your eyes are actually reading a script. So for someone who's a little nervous to speak on camera or worried about it taking forever because they're gonna do multiple takes, you can film your videos in one take with this prompter tool. I really love it. I got to tell everybody a dirty little secret. When I used to do a lot of video, I'm talking like YouTube style video and documentary and all that kind of stuff. Less the documentary stuff and more like the pre-recorded videos that were highly produced that were designed to be like tips and techniques. I would have my team print out in huge letters and tape it to the outside of the camera, the script. You know what I mean? And, and literally I would look down at the script, memorize the sentence, then I would look at the camera and that we'd, we'd be in motion. So we'd have the ability to cut scenes and stuff like that or cover it up with B-roll. But it is really, really helpful to have like a teleprompter, even if it's not your script, it could just be the bullet points of the concepts that you're about to talk about, right? Exactly. Like if you're someone who is comfortable on camera, you can riff a little bit. If you see your hook, your opening line hook, and then the three key points you want to hit as bullet points, that's all you really need to see. You can just slow your prompter tool down to give yourself a bit of time to add some filler words and whatnot. But you can, I, I just think it's so much faster than, and I've been there with you, Mike, <laughs> writing out my lines on pieces of paper and looking at them really quickly and then trying to memorize them and look at the camera. Um, Cause the last thing you want is to look like a stiff person reading lines on camera. That's not going to come across as very watchable, but this tool is a really, really good hack for, for getting your videos done really quickly. Let's say you screw up. Can you take multiple takes and just let, I mean, like, how do you, not everybody is going to be as sophisticated as Elise where you can get eight to 10 done in two hours. So do you just like keep recording and try multiple takes and then let somebody edit it later? Exactly. I just find that we are often our own worst critic. And I have a, a rule with myself because I am a perfectionist. And I think like, oh, I have to nail this. I have to get this perfect. And from the outside, it might sound perfect. And in my brain, it's not good enough. So I've been known to redo it and redo it and redo it. So I have a personal rule with myself, three takes maximum. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's it. It's a time benefit equation. <laughs> I don't know what that is exactly. But you know, is it worth me spending 20 minutes on this video? That's going to be a 15 second video in total, or five minutes? probably five, the five minute version of that video is good enough. So sometimes you do flub your words. Sometimes you fumble your sentences. You want to restart that. And I find that when you, I try to keep my limit to three takes maximum. And then in editing, it's amazing what editing can fix. When you're filming, you sometimes feel like, nope, I got to get this whole script perfect word for word from top to bottom. That's the how I'm going to publish it. But editing, you can remove so many of those little clips. You can mix clips around or any of those mistakes. So just film to where, especially if you're a perfectionist listening, film to where you think this is like an 80% grade or it's good enough and it's going to be great. Just, just 
keep moving. So talk to me about B-roll because for those that don't know, B-roll is when you're filming like ancillary stuff that might cover up some of these mistakes. And it's just kind of like, what's your thoughts on how you do B-roll? B-roll is the last step of my filming. So for a lot of my videos, especially these days, my videos are talking head type of videos. So I film those all. Before I sign off on my video journey that day, I make sure I'm capturing B-roll. So B-roll is a film term where it's like secondary footage to complement the A-roll. And the A-roll is the main scene. It's the main scene with the main characters. So an A-roll would be the two characters talking. A B-roll would be looking at someone entering the grocery store because we're, we're starting a new scene. So in some ways, you're going to be that that main character when you're talking on camera but you do want some clips especially if you're batching to take a lot of time off like me you want some clips of you doing b-roll type of activities and this is really handy because when you build up a b-roll library which i have and i'm leaving it with my team they can then go through and look at all these clips of elise doing random things some things some some clips she's working at her desk some she's eating breakfast at her desk Others, she's walking the streets of Barcelona, drinking a green juice, right? She's doing Pilates. You know, there's some lifestyle aspect for me because I am a personal brand. So there are probably 40 or 50 clips in that folder. And the power is, is that my team can pull any one of those clips, add text on top. So the text can be inspiring. It could be a tip. It could be a takeaway from my YouTube video. And the call to action could be go watch the full YouTube video. Then they add trending audio on top and then they publish it. And they've just created a reel without me doing anything that will drive people to my YouTube channel. So that's the power of B-roll. And I always make sure if you're already filming, if you're already dolled up, if you're already in filming mode, go and create some more B-roll clips. The fifth step is? Well, you've reached the bulk of what you need to do, especially if you have a team. So for me, when I finish the filming, the fifth step is to transfer the files that are all on my phone to my team. So this is where we're going to actually go back to Asana. And Asana, if you have a free account, I believe you can upload up to 100 megabytes, 100 megabytes per file to the Asana card. And so you could just drop your recordings right into that Asana card for that particular reel and your team has the raw footage, right? Or if your footage is a bit higher higher quality and it needs more space, you just have a Google Drive folder organized by your video titles and drop in your files there. So this is really important. There's a file transfer that happens, especially if your team is going to take this process from you from this point on. Now, you might be a solopreneur. You might be a one-person team. And you don't have anyone you can pass the files to who are going to edit and publish for you. So in that case, you're going to set aside one more day in your week for the next process, which is editing, right? So you've saved all your files to your camera, especially if you filmed in CapCut. You're not filming within TikTok or Reels. You're filming and the video is saved on your camera roll. And then you're going to have an editing day where you go through your 10 filmed videos and you trim the ends, right? You trim that, that dead air type of moment. Any moment where you're not speaking, you're taking that breath in, cut it out because people have a limited uh, attention span. And then you're gonna add your text, you're gonna add your music, whatever is needed for that reel. And then you can go ahead and 
save a copy, like let's say you edited in the Reels app or you edited in the TikTok app. With a Reel, a talking head tip, you can save a copy to your camera roll just as backup. And then my favorite part is you're not gonna publish it right then and there because you're just editing, right? You're gonna save it as a draft. By the time you edit all your reels, you're going to have your eight to 10 drafts ready to go. And then that's going to take those drafts to the next and last phase, which is to prep them for publishing. So again, whether you're doing this or your team, prep for publishing means for every single video, you're going to add a caption. You might want to add a cover image. And then in reels, another reason why I love reels, there is an option to schedule that reel out. So if you are in a creative mode and you write a caption for all of them, you get your cover image done, you can actually schedule them out in advance so that you can take your month off and your reels are going to continue to publish without you. Elise, this has been a ridiculously valuable discussion, I think, for so many people because you've laid out the entire process. Thank you so much. If people want to connect with you knowing full well that by the time this comes out, you're probably going to be out on leave. But if they want to watch your content or they want to connect with your company, where do you want to send everybody? I know I've talked a big name. So check out my Instagram at Elise Dharma to see what happens while I'm off this summer on my maternity leave. That's the best place. And know that, yeah, you will be connecting with my team while I'm off more than myself, but I'll still be checking my Instagram, I'm sure. Then if you want more of this how-to style in, in the way I teach and share information, I would check out my YouTube channel that's got a ton of tutorials for both Instagram and TikTok. And um, yeah, if you're interested in like done-for-you video ideas that are already adapted for business owners, we've done the sourcing for you, the curating for you. I've got a program called On Video, so you can head to onvideo.co and check that out and get a freebie full of free real ideas that you can put into practice today. Elise Dharma, thank you so much for coming on the show and making time during your really busy schedule to enlighten us. We're better because of it. You're so sweet, Mike. I'm I'm more than happy to make time for you. I hope I can make time for you again in the future, even with a little baby by my side. So yeah, thank you so much for having me. Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 572. If you're new to this show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram, at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.